take a time machine back to before the world went to hell. Around the year 2000. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content, specials, and early access to a longer, uncensored, less than 2,000 experience. And now, Less Than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less Than 2,000. Now part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. I was really surprised when you said you wanted to do Tickle Me Elmo. That was really strange. Elmo mad! Why we do Tickle Me Elmo? What a weird <laughs> subject. I mean, I know that I was like yeah. I mean, Tickle Me Elmo. I mean, that's um, that's weird. I mean, that, that was very odd of me to bring that up. Yeah, I mean, and, and then you said you wanted to set him on fire or something? Like, yeah. poor Elmo, he turned into a saint that you burned in a fire? Yeah. Aw. It's, 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 it's weird. It's I don't weird. know what that has to do with the rat pack, but I'm... Did I misunderstand you? I, <laughs> am I getting some of this wrong? Yeah, you got this entirely wrong. Because we were talking about St. Elmo's Fire, the movie... The film oh, of 1985 oh. that oh. neither you nor me has ever seen, ever. This was one of the movies that completely, it was it was before our time. Yep. And it was that film that we both never went back and watched. Yep. And so it's, it's not a surprise that you thought you, I wanted you to be tickled by Elmo. Ha <laughs> ha! Tickled by Elmo and set him on fire. Yes, yes. I, I, I mean, I had heard of this, and this was not at all what I thought it was going to be. I, I just, the name sounds like, I don't know. I didn't know what I thought it would be, but I did not think it would be a Brat Pack movie, like coming of age story by by, by the, the Brat Pack. I just, Joel Schumacher, all of that. I had no idea that that's what this was going to be. And, of course, we went back and watched The Breakfast Club. But... This is the quintessential Brat Pack movie. Here's my problem with this film. Let me just start with the problem. (laughs) I don't have time anymore for movies about entitled white people. I'm sorry. These are angsty white people that make up their own problems. None of their problems are real, okay? They're all just... They're all just like the one guy is sleeping around and he's like, Oh, well... I'll, if she'd just marry me, I'd stop sleeping with, around. And Rob Lowe can't keep it in his pants, and he's drunk and high all the time. Demi Moore's high all the time. The one uh, Andrew McCarthy has a crush on somebody else. Like, nothing is... <laughs> there's really no conflict other than created character white people problems in this movie. Um... You said that so you took the smart point of this entire episode. So I have very I have nowhere to go from this because the, the only thing, thing out of my mouth. because the only thing that I can add to that is and and ironically my only real note because since we hadn't watched it uh I wanted to give it one full viewing before making a bunch of notes. My only mm-hmm. real note was oh my god Emilio Estevez was a, a stalker freak. 
Like I could not watch him. Like you yes. named everybody else. I couldn't watch Emilio. I couldn't watch him. I couldn't watch him because it, it was, was very so weird. Yes. Yes. I said it was weird. Creepy. Really weird. Like it's creepy. That's how much it affected me. I'm sitting there going like, what? Like so much of this stuff is all so wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you talk about you don't have time for these petty white people's problems today. But like in general, like sure, we've all had our self-indulgent problems. We've uh, many of us have struggled in life with addiction or had moments of self-doubt or the desire to be with somebody else. But like throwing keys down your pants and saying, "Come oh, get it." Or yeah. like showing up at a cabin and pounding on the door while somebody's on a romantic getaway going what are you doing like i'm in love with you or like trashing some guy gives you a job and then you throw a party and steal the car and and just everything about this is like that's what you did in high school maybe if you were a bad person if you were like an ornery student you did that stuff in high school this is them doing this 10 years later like they should know better by now they've already been rejected in junior high and high school and yet now they're in their mid-20s after college acting the exact same way (laughs) you're on fire there saint chad's fire (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that rant was not prepared my only note was emilio estevez is a freak and then it just kind of dude he is such a freak I had to stop watching. I stopped watching for the night. After Emilio, spoiler alert, Emilio Estevez goes to the cabin, interrupts their romantic getaway, is like, who's this guy? And then the guy is like, come on in. You don't have snow tires. You're not going to get out of here. Just come on in. Sleep in my pajamas. Like, yeah. And, and it, is, it is the creepiest... There is no indication that Andy McDonald's character uh, had any any attraction to him at all. She blew him off. She went to the restaurant with him and is like, oh, I got to go. You know, yes, she was on call. But like, who makes a date at a five-star uh, restaurant just to be able to be like, oh, I'm out of here. I got to go right? to the hospital. Yeah, I'll buy all the seats. Like, I thought he was <laughs> trying to rekindle something, like, because she kind of knew the name and this and that. No, he was a freshman and she was a senior. That yeah. was what it was. So, like, <laughs> literally, they didn't know each other at all. No. And then all. it wasn't until towards the end of the film, I think, when he's, like, stranded on Snow Mountain. And mm-hmm. she's like, I don't even know you. I barely yeah. know you. I'm like, oh, I thought there was, like, history and he was trying to win her back. No, well, even he's just stalking her. He's like, remember we went to Annie Hall and she's like, no, she names another movie. He's like, no, it was Annie Hall. Like he remembers it vividly. She barely, he was, but that was so weird. And this is why, you know, this was written by a man. Okay. (laughs) Schumacher wrote, co-wrote the screenplay. She was won over by his creepy stalkerness. Like that was what did it for her. And then she wasn't out even of nowhere, won over though. She wasn't even won over though. She kissed him and No, he kissed her and she was unsure like about it. Like she looked at him like because she saw 
And yes, this because this was written by a man, the script probably was like she looks at him longingly because he took yes. charge. That's probably what was in the, the script. Yeah. He takes charge and now she's swooning. But and like, he left smiling like he had accomplished something and he's like, keep the picture, lady, because I know you want that. And I'm just like, <laughs> I got to stop. I got to stop for the night. And I seriously turned it off and came back to it the next day because I was just like, this is too much. This is Joel Schumacher saying this. Every studio turned down the spec script. The head of Universal actually called me into his office, threw the script down and said, Joel, in the history of movies, you have managed to create seven of the worst people I have ever seen on a page. (laughs) Let me ask you, this or Cruel Intentions, which has more unlikable characters, which is the more just unlikable pointless rich white people sleeping around nothing real point to it no real point to it um saint almost fire you think this is worse than no no no. it's better it's better than cruel okay intentions. i agree with you i okay. agree with you on that no no, no, no. <laughs> cruel intentions is just full it's of, one of the worst movies i've ever it's seen it's just full of cruel intentions it's like they're evil yes. for being evil this yes. is like this is here's what it is this the crazy reality <laughs> Not for yeah. this guy anymore as a married man. <laughs> this is kind of the scary real reality of life. All Joel Schumacher did with St. Elmo's Fire is literally put a bunch of white people with their first world problems mm-hmm. into you know in front of the camera. They're all sleeping with each other and they have nothing else to complain about other than their own narcissistic crap. But yep. so many people in life just want to focus on themselves. I mean, if you really break it down, all he did is kind of portray yuppie 80s dating in the mid-20s without all of the money because they weren't they weren't rich yet. You know, they weren't right. they weren't working Wall Street or any of that kind of stuff. And yeah. But here's the other thing. Uh, the only thing that as I was I was as I was musing uh, after uh, the film credits rolled I was thinking like, man, like like dating was, life itself was so much more simple back then. You didn't mm. have that many distractions. All you had was drugs, sex, and your job and a corded telephone to bother you. That was it. <laughs> what else are you going to complain about? Your social life about? consisted of going to the same bar all the time with yeah. the same people. What else <laughs> are you going to talk about? What else are you going to argue about? Remember, we spend, you know, there no story starts with, so everything was perfect. Right? right? Like no story will ever start with things are great, right? So every story has to have conflict. So realistically, we as humans kind of have it ingrained that the stories we tell come from a place of conflict. Hi, we're Ellen, Steven, and Mark, hosts of Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. Topics include programming, design, tools, and more. We also do interviews and one-hour game jams. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get to your... Wherever you get to your podcast, you get there. (laughs) Or at nicegames.club. This is Snake. Hey, Snake, it's Sam. Who are you? Sam, from the brand new PlayStation podcast, Polygon Symphonies. Is that so? Yeah, it's a podcast that's exploring the PlayStation library. Impossible. Well, not really. Each week, we take a game, play it, and then we rank it in our grand list of games. Is that right? Yeah, it's available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I didn't mean to sound sarcastic. That's okay. Just check out Polygon Symphonies, the PlayStation podcast from the Greenlit Network. Roblo, I like him as a uh, personality. I like him as a caricature of himself. Sure. Like, I like him in the movie Tommy Boy, where he's kind of sending up his personality. I certainly love the creepy Rob Lowe commercial for DirecTV. Sure. But when it comes to Rob Lowe as an actor like this, it's I, I can't ever look at him and not see someone acting. I see a very handsome man with a glorious mullet in this movie. <laughs> but it takes me out of it because... I can never see him as anything but Rob Lowe, and it distracts me. Like Emilio Estevez in this movie, I looked at him like, that looks like Martin Sheen. <laughs> That's what I thought. He, he really looked he, like he Martin looked like Sheen. He looked like a really young Martin Sheen, especially with yes. the, suspend, the red suspenders under the <laughs> yes. white shirt. I'm like, dude, yes. you're your dad. Yes, which is funny because he was so much younger then, but... He, but but I, I don't know. Rob Lowe isn't. He wasn't good in this. And we were talking earlier about how we were like confused by: Is there more than one person that looks like him? Because sometimes his hair looked like it was a different length. Sometimes he had the fluffy mullet. I don't know how much passage of time there's supposed to be. But like suddenly he's a saxophone player. And and I, I just I I didn't I didn't really I he didn't he sucked. He he deserved that Razzie. <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to play this part, and it, it of course, he would have killed it. I mean, he would have yeah, stolen he the show. It would have been, it would have been a better movie. Um, I, 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 you know, I mean, I agree with you. It was kind of fun to see Rob Lowe as such a young guy with that glorious mullet, as you mm-hmm. pointed out. It Fluffy. was kind of fun to see him, but like, other than Demi Moore, um. I mean, and Andrew McCarthy and Emilio Estevez, I guess, made me feel so much anger towards him that he did a good job. So really, other than Emilio, Andrew and Demi, everybody else, it was more fun to see them as a young person than it was like me. You know, I wasn't eating popcorn, but I was eating on popcorn glued to the screen going, (laughs) this is this is brilliant. I I really they've got me like, no, I'm, I'm literally watching an entire generation of A-list celebrities getting mm-hmm. their first break going, holy shit, who's that? Oh my God, that's that's them. And so it's kind of hard to watch the movie in that much retrospect, but breaking it down in general, it's... What's interesting is this isn't... Normally coming-of-age scripts or films are set in high school. I mean, oftentimes, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the things, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, but in general, is it safe to say that because it had financial success at the box office, it was a hit at the box office. Yes, do it was. You, do you have to be of that little generation? Do you have to be 18 to 25 or 28 or whatever when, when this movie came out when you saw it and mm-hmm. then you love it is yep. that is that like UHF to us yes yes <laughs> is this and you had like to be a, you had to be 10 when you saw UHF exactly yes. i mean or, yes or a you, different age but like yes i'm trying to think of like coming of age no, no you are spot on you are like spot american on. pie this, like american this pie is, for you're us right. you're right this is this is a this is a, a generational film. 
And 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 this is something that we can't understand, even though we were just just a little younger. I I, I mean maybe. 10 years younger than the target audience or so, uh, the youngest of the uh, target audience. But we cannot wrap our heads around, I, this is me defending the film, that we can't wrap our heads around what this is because it wasn't for us, it didn't speak to us, and it was, we grow, we grew up in an era after this. One of the things that I, I realized when I was researching this is really before this period of films, Starting in about 84, 85, everything was old people. There were no movies with people in their late teens, early 20s centered around that. And it's funny that so many of these people played high schoolers one year before this film, and now they're playing <laughs> post-college. Yeah. But because because I and I thought about it more and going back and, and, and thinking about the the great films of the 70s there were so many great films of the 70s they were all grown middle-aged or older people and so this was a cultural revolution this was for the MTV generation this is why they got the name the brat pack was because they were young punks that were all going to be super popular after this. And we can't wrap our heads around what it's like to be 15 years old in 1985. To be 20 years old in 1985. Another thing I read was this is one of the first films, uh, a batch of films that appeared on VHS. So I believe it was Emilio said this is like the, an entire generation literally took ownership of this film. They could take it home and it was theirs. And this, along with Brat Pack, uh, other Brat Pack movies, was ushered in. See, you and I grew up in an era where movies about young people are commonplace. Correct. And now there's stuff even younger, you know, Stranger Things, I'm told, has even younger people. And, and so we can't really conceive of a world where it was like all old men and women, and now there's a bunch of hot 18 to 25-year-olds playing high school kids and, and being megastars in the 80s. You got both smart points out. You, 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 you've, you've just ripped them right out of my soul and bared them out of your mouth is what has happened in this episode. Because you're right. And I think that's why, that's why this film has success. Critics don't always get it right. Critically, yes, the film has massive plot points. And the film has all kinds of issues. I mean, we don't even know if that's the same guy the whole way through and suddenly has plot a sax points, plot holes. And, yeah. You know, uh, plot holes. I mean, so yes, it's it's one of those things to where you don't understand. But if you were there, if you were 22 and you saw this movie in the 80s, I bet mm -hmm. you'd be sitting there going, yes, finally somebody gets me. Yeah. Again, it goes back to this. We're going to go down this rabbit hole of like repeating ourselves now because at the end of the day, the article got it right. Or I mean, the, the studio head got it right. You handed me a script with the absolute zero redeemable characters and mm -hmm. the worst characters I've ever read in my life. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, granted, art imitates life. There's a lot now, of real life in it, but... yeah. 
There was the girl, there's the girl who's a rich girl, but she works at the welfare office and, and she didn't want her dad's money and she didn't want her dad to control him or her. And she wanted to live her own life. But the sad part about her is redeemable as she was in terms of what she wanted for her life. She was the poor sucker that kept getting sucked in with Rob Lowe. I love Billy. I want to be with Billy while he's knocked somebody else up, cheated on her, uses her for money, and they've never slept together. And it's just like, what? I mean, but but you know that. that this is going back to the, you can you can identify this. This is partially real life because you know people like that. You yeah. and I both are thinking of people right now that we both know that have been on both sides of that. The the guy, the douchebag guy that manipulates the girl and strings her along and gets what he wants out of her. And the girl's just like, girl, you got to leave his ass. Yeah. And we've known the people that have been on the sideline getting duped the entire time, just being the nice person, waiting their turn, waiting yep. for that in. And it usually never succeeds. Yes, but the one thing we don't know is anybody that randomly shows up at somebody's love retreat, bangs on the door, gets invited in, and not slapped in the face and told to leave, but like, oh, well, maybe I'll think twice about him now. (laughs) (laughs) Emilio and and Andrew were actual real-life roommates to get ready for this. That's a fun fact. Um, Emilio and Demi started dating and even got engaged after this. And here's the fun fact I know you'll really like. The street that St. Elmo's Bar was on is on the Universal Back Lot. Two or three of the buildings to the left is the Hill Valley Clock Tower from Back to the Future. I thought it looked familiar. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I'm looking at that going, like, there was a couple of shots, that being one of them, and the bus stop, where I'm like, oh, my God, this is the this is a poorly lit studio back lot. Marty like, was skating on that on that set, you know, oh, on that man. lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, everything comes back to the Back to the Future or Ghostbusters. And, uh, yeah, and, and St. Elmo's Fire. I don't know. Thumbs up. Th- let's just say to our listeners. Do you recommend they watch this or not? Depends on when you were born. I mean, it goes I back think, to that. I think, it, I think it depends on when you were born, period. I think this is skippable for the majority of people. This yeah. is not one like Breakfast Club that you absolutely need to see. But if you have a different opinion and you were alive and you love this, we really do legitimately want to hear from you. Put Chad and I in our place and let us hear about it on... Instagram or some form of social media.